0: Pray with me, will you? Father, thank you for Jesus. This is an Easter Sunday, Lord, and we always come together and we always remember certain things and we'll we'll ask you to help us share those things. But most importantly, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to touch us right now. I don't want to preach without your anointing. I never want to preach without your anointing. And you gave me the theme, you gave me some ideas. And I pray this morning, Father God, that you will help me to present those ideas that you gave to me so that they actually make sense to all of us. Bless everyone in this room, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. <clears throat> this message is entitled Many Resurrections. The big dude looked at me instantly and said, He must be crazy. Yeah, I said many. Many resurrections. How many remember my good friend Barney. Nobody? Not even you? His last name is... No! No! His last name is not Fife. You're thinking of the TV program. Barney's last name is Google. Anybody know Mr. Google? Anybody have a computer? Some of you know who Barney Google is. He was a fictitious character back in the 30s. So I know you know who that is because you're old enough. (laughs) If you go to Google and punch in, how many resurrections are there in the Bible? I won't read them off to you. There are 14 on this list. I'll let you take a homework assignment, and I'll let you go through them and I'll let you see what's going on. I want to share some things that we all know about and understand because it is Easter. But I don't want you to forget that there are 14 different references to resurrections in the Bible, Old and New Testament, besides Jesus, or including Jesus. So let's stay on the Easter theme. The normal Easter story is found in Chapters 27 and 28 of the book of Matthew. You've, you'll find some things in the other Gospels, but Matthew's a pretty good place to start when you talk about the Easter story. Let's talk about it for a moment. Because we know this. We've experienced this. We've gone through it, Easter after Easter, and it's great. It's Good Friday, and Jesus is brought to trial. He's found guilty, although he's not guilty, which means people were lying about him. Hello. And the people that he came to love hated him. He came unto his own. His own received him not, but to as many as received him. To them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to those who called on his name. Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12. i forget. Good Friday. He found guilty. So what do they do? The soldiers take and weave a crown of thorns and shove it on his head until those thorns cut into the skin all around the head and we have pictures in our mind and artists who painted pictures of the blood just flowing down from his head. Crown of thorns. Good Friday. The scripture says that they beat him with what we would call a cat of nine tails. Uh, Those of you who are somewhat familiar with whips, It's a a long stick, and at the end of the stick there's rawhide going out every which way, and at the end of each of those rawhides is a little pocket, a ball of metal with pieces on it, and it's all wrapped up, and they hit him, whipped him 39 times on his back until his back was nothing but flesh and blood. Isaiah picks that up before this ever happens and said, By his stripes we are healed. Is that true? Okay, we're on the same page. This Good Friday. He's carried to Calvary. He's nailed to the cross. There are two thieves, one on each side. Do you remember these boys? You need to. It's Good Friday. One of the boys is a, a wise mouth. He's a smart aleck. Thief. And he turns to Jesus and says, you know, if you're really who you say you are... Get down off the cross and get me off too. I don't want to hang here. I'm, I'm suffering. He's picking on Jesus and saying, Why don't you do something about the situation we're both in? Smart Alec. The other thief on the other side tells the smart aleck to shut up. Greco translation. That's the new Italian-American version. And that other thief says, we belong here. We're guilty. That's why we're here. But he, I'm, I'm re- paraphrasing. He's not guilty. He doesn't belong on this cross. And then this thief says, Would you remember me? What he's doing is he's confessing that he's a thief. He's confessing of his sins. He is saying to Jesus, I know who you are, man. Would you please remember me? And what does Jesus tell him? No way, dude, you're going to hell. Well, oh, I'm sorry. Did I misquote something? I guess I did. This day, listen to the words of Jesus. This day, thou will be with me in paradise. Oh, hang on to that. Don't lose that, please. Don't lose that. Let me move on. Jesus cries out, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We know the story. We've read it, right? Okay. It's important that we know that. They they stick a spear in his side, and the Bible says water and blood comes flowing out of his side. And then in Matthew 27, verse 46, he says, Father, why have you forsaken me? I don't like that verse. Father, why have you forsaken me? I don't want any of my three sons ever to look at me and say, Dad... You've left me behind. You're not taking care of me like you said you would. You're not holding me up like you promised. Father, why have you forsaken me? Matthew 27. In Luke 23, 46, he says, Into thy hands I commit my spirit. We know that phrase, right? John nineteen thirty says, It is finished, Jesus is saying. He gives up the ghost, and they throw him in the grave. That's your Easter story—the beginning of it, Good Friday, because they've got to bury him. We slip over to Sunday, and in Matthew twenty-eight, Mary goes to the grave, and she finds that the stone is rolled away. Again, we're familiar with the story. Don't ever forget the story. The stone is rolled away. The stone is heavy. She doesn't know who could possibly have done that. But in the process of walking around, she sees what she thinks is the gardener. And so she goes to him and she says, Sir, thinking he's a gardener, Sir, pl- please tell me where you put him. I, I just want to go take care of him, okay? Do you see the picture? you Are taking pictures? And then he speaks her name. What's your first name? Chris, he speaks her name, Chris. And let me tell you something. When Jesus speaks your name, you will never forget it. And he said, Mary. And instantly, she knew she was in the presence of a Savior that she saw being killed on a cross. And he said to her, Mary, Mary, please don't touch me. Now, please, don't misunderstand that. It wasn't that he didn't want to hug her. He did. What he was afraid of was that she grabbed hold of him and she wouldn't let go. And he's got things he's got to do. One of them is he's got to get out of town so the Holy Spirit can come. So understand what's going on in that story. All that old story that is all true. Don't, don't, please, don't ever forget what happened. But would you let me add something new that really isn't new at all to the Easter story? Sure you will. Say amen. Matthew 26, verse 39 says this. He's in the garden and he's praying. This is before Friday. He's praying in the garden. He's praying to his father and he's saying, Father, If it is possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will be be done, but thine. I'm praying, I'm speaking to my father, I've got something ahead of me that I don't like, and I'm saying to my father, Dad, is there any other way that we can handle this whole deal that we've talked about? Is there another way? And you're going to wonder a minute why he's asking that. I'm going to show you. But not my will, but thine be done. All right. To understand that scripture, to understand that scripture, we have to go to 1 Peter. This is where we kind of change positions and make a turn in the story. In 1 Peter, if you have your Bible, fine. If not, hang on with me. Chapter 1, verse 18, 19, and 20. Let me read these verses. 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 18. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Well, okay, it's beginning to make sense. He was the Lamb of God to be slain. We know that. The next verse. For he, Jesus, was foreknown... No, it can't be true. Holy Spirit, you must have made a mistake. Did you ever tell the Holy Spirit he made a mistake writing his Bible? For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God. I have a problem. You have a problem? I do. Peter is saying to his crowd, his parishioners, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the Son of God, was already known before the world was formed. You've got to be kidding me. I thought, just this happened after Jesus was born. No. No, it didn't happen just after Jesus was born. See, God knows everything. God has a plan. Let, can, can I bring you to a committee meeting? In the committee meeting, we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're in heaven. They're sitting on the veranda of their beautiful, magnificent Spacious heavenly castle. Are you taking pictures? Are you taking pictures? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are talking to each other. This is before the world was formed. They're on the terrace having some espresso and biscottis. Well, what would you have with espresso if it wasn't biscottis? Come on, stay with me. And they're talking to each other. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And here's what they're talking about. You know, we're going to create the world, aren't we? God's talking, God the Father, Daddy's talking. Yeah, we're going to create the world and then we're going to create the animals and we're going to you know, we're going to we're going to separate light from yeah, all chapter 1 of genesis go back and read it yeah we're we're going to yeah we're going to, this is a committee meeting and, and then you know i'm going to i'm going to get some dirt god's talking and we're going to get this dirt and we're going to kind of put it together and sprinkle some water on it from our gardening can and you know, and uh, we're going to make this short dark ruggedly handsome Italian called Adamo. Italian, obviously. Read your Bible. And they are saying, yeah, okay, that, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And so they make Adam out of dirt. He made us out of dirt, Chris. I don't like that. Let me tell you why I don't like that. Because then they said, yeah, well, well, if we're going to make Adam, we don't want Adam to be alone, do we? No, we don't. So, He said, well, we'll make Eve. Well, how are we going to make Eve? Have you ever asked these questions? You've got to ask questions. Because the Bible says that God slapped Adamo up the side of the head, knocked him out, unzipped his rib cage, flipped out a rib, zipped him back up, said, nice boy. And read it. You think I'm lying? You think I'm even joking? Read it. It says he took the rib from Adam, something that was alive. Adam was made out of dead dirt. Dirt, You were made out of something that was alive. A rib. And it says, he fashioned Eve. Word fashion is in there. He fashioned Eve out of that rib. I don't know how he did it. I don't want to know how he did it. But I know this. The fact that he fashioned Eve is why you and I, husbands, spend so much money on our wives because they love fashion. (laughs) Read your Bible. Thank you. Thank you. It's in there. He fashioned. I, I want you to see this because they're dealing with a plan. And Jesus accepts the plan before the world was made. Well, let's talk about the plan. Okay. We've got to go to Philippians, chapter 2, because we're talking many resurrections. I'll get there. I really will. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 11, says this. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. All right, Attitude who although he existed in the form of God, committee meeting, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God, he was equal. God the Father, God the Son, they're equal. He did not regard equality with God, a thing to be grasped, I don't have to hold on to this, I'm, I'm okay. But emptied himself Taking the form of a bond servant and being made in the likeness of men. I'm not sure I like that committee meeting. I've got to give up my position, equal position in deity with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Do you like that plan? But he didn't think he was being put down by God the Father or God the Holy Spirit. So he emptied himself, became found in the light. He found in he being found in the period, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name which is above Every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those who are in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Every knee shall bow because Jesus said to God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, I like the plan, I'll do it. I got to move on. Attitude He emptied himself, became a servant. Humbled himself. He became obedient to the cross. God's going to exalt his name, name by every, every tongue. And guess what, son? You're going to be born of a virgin. Dad, what did you say? Whoa, 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 hold the fort. Born of a virgin? This is a little bit new, isn't it, Dad? Yeah. You're going to be born, born of a virgin. Hmm, really? Yeah. And you're going to take on the sins of the world. Hold it. Hold it right there. Dad, are you telling me that to make this plan of salvation work, I have to become a sinner? Take on the sins of the world. Yours? Chris's sins? Dan's sins, don't even want to talk about Gary's sins, (laughs) nor do we want to talk about mine. Take a look around you, mom, dad, uncles, aunts, kitties. God said you're going to have to take on the sins of the world. Wait a minute, I have never had a sin in my life, Father. I know that. That's why you're going to have to take their sin, because they can't handle it. By themselves, and there'll be no redemption if there isn't someone who is willing to grasp everybody's sin and pull it on himself. This is not the Easter story you normally hear. Matthew 26, verse 39 I read to you, Father, if there's any other way, he wasn't worried about dying, Chris. He was worried about my sin and yours. He took took a look at both of us. Forget Gary. He said, that's enough. I I don't want to take their sins. I I don't want to be filthy. Forget the ladies in there because they're all saints. We all know that, yes. (laughs) I don't want to take their sins on my life, Daddy. But Daddy said, son, if we're going to do the job right, if we're going to make a way for men and women and little boys and little girls to come forward and get washed from their sins, you've got to take their sins. Anybody like that committee meeting? Really? In Acts chapter 2, verse 23 and 24, it's the after, just after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit has already come down. Peter's preaching; five thousand people get saved, and then and, and they're being uh, taunted by other people. And verse twenty-two says, "Men of Israel, he's talking to Jews. Listen to these words: Jesus, the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and one. In other words, God put his." Sign of approval on his son Jesus, with signs and wonders and miracles, performed through him in your midst, just as you yourself know, this man, Jesus, delivered up by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. Verse 24. See, God's never finished. And God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Listen to me. There are many resurrections. I have to be careful. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, 2, 3, and 4 is the story of the leper coming. He comes and kneels down before Jesus. Jesus has been healing everybody. And he says to Jesus, listen, listen, Jesus, yeah, yeah. see, I'm a leper. We already have a problem here, a social problem. I'm not supposed to get near Jesus and Jesus is not supposed to get near me. We are not to get close to each other. Society says, I have to ring the bell and go, I'm a leper, I'm a leper, stay away because I've got sin, I've got disease and I'm contagious, which they were not. They didn't know it at the time. But they thought they were contagious. So he rang a bell. I'm a leper. I'm a, stay away, stay away. But he got close enough and said, Jesus, if you will You can heal me. And Jesus said, Get away from me. You're a leper. Not in my Bible. It says Jesus touched him. Says, I will. We've got a problem. A societal problem. I'm not supposed to get near you, you're not supposed to get near me, and you're not supposed to touch me. I don't care if you are Jesus. Jesus went beyond the rules of society and says, there's value in that man, there's value in that leper, there's value in Gary, there's value in all of us, there's value. I will go beyond the bounds, I will take their sins on my life, and I will say, you're healed. That leper was dead to society. Is Is that a decent statement? Now, he's not dead mortally, but he's dead to society, is he not? Okay, Jesus resurrected him. Hello, I'm just getting started. Jesus touched him and brought him out of his death tunnel that society had put him in. The lady with the issue of blood, and you ladies all understand this and will appreciate it. She spends all her money. The doctors aren't helping her the blood just keeps flowing so you know, all you ladies understand it she's not supposed to get near anybody cuz she's unclean don't get near me i don't want to get dirty from you yet she's the one that sneaks up and grabs a hold of the hem of his garment she says if i could just if i could just touch the hem of his garment I will be made whole. She makes it through all that crowd. She never says, I'm I'm unclean, better get out of the way. No, no, no. She pushes her way through Gary. She doesn't care at that moment. I've got to touch Jesus. And she touches him. And instantly she is healed. And Jesus knows it. And said, I felt something leave me. And the disciples said, You've got to be kidding. There's all kinds of people around here. Oh anybody could have touched. You. He said, No, no. And he spotted the little lady and said, Come here. And she confessed. To her uncleanness. But now she's healed. Society had her in, a, in her own tomb. Listen to me. Jesus touched her and said, you now are resurrected. Oh, oh, oh. Resurrections. Are you with me? The little girl, Jairus' daughter, Jesus finally gets to them. And they all said, you're too late, blah, blah, blah. Get out of here, she's dead. He said, get out of my way. He does that sometimes, can he? And he goes in and grabs that girl and says, Come on, baby. Jesus took what society said was dead and resurrected it. When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, my Bible says, 3,000 people were resurrected. Oh, Pastor, it doesn't say that. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. 3,000 people who were dead in their sins. Listen to the message of a man who was filled with the Holy Spirit and said yes to God and suddenly became alive. That's resurrection. Don't throw away the story of Jesus because we have what we have today because of that. But I want you to see the power of God, the power of resurrection. They were dead to the world, but Jesus brought them back to life. What about us? Let me take you to Romans and I'm almost through. Not quite, but almost. You know what it means when the pastor says, I'm almost through? You know what it means? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Chapter 6, because we need to understand this death process. Let me read chapter 6, the first 11 verses. Paul is speaking to Roman Christians. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May it never be. Not. See, I'd like to stop, and I'd, I'd like to become an Italian right here. I don't like the phrase, may it never be. I'd like to replace it with the phrase that's only two words long. He's saying, shall we continue in sin that grace May increase. Two words. I got. My Italian mind just wants to. The first word begins with an H and ends in double L. (laughs) The last word is a little simple word called no. Now I would never say those words. Of course not. No preacher is going to say the word hell in church, is he? (laughs) I want you to see attitude. That's what I'm looking at. Are we going to continue in sin that grace may abound? No way! I didn't say the word hell. But listen to what he says. May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried in with him through baptism into death, in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection? you got to be kidding me. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Look at me. You are looking at a resurrected man. Man. You are looking at a man who at 16 years of age went down to an altar because that, that little Italian church that I was attending said, come on down here. Give your life to Jesus Christ. And I got up from my chair 16 years of age, a lot of years ago. Went down and knelt at that altar and my wife was there and another friend was there and we prayed and prayed and I asked Jesus to come into my life. He resurrected me. I was dead, Derek. Are you listening? When you gave your life to Jesus, You were a dead man until he forgave you and you became alive unto God. That is a resurrection, Jason. What was the title of the message? Many resurrections. Read your Bible. Person after person got saved in that New Testament. People got saved. Preachers got through preaching. Paul preached, I don't know how many, and they got saved. We've had evangelistic services ever since Jesus. I have preached all over the United States as an evangelist, and people gave their hearts to the Lord. They were resurrected when they came to that altar, Derek. I was in Arkansas, preaching in a half-white, half-black church, Little Rock. Great people, wonderful people. At the close of the service, I said, if you want Jesus as your Savior, raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Several people raised their hand. I said, come forward. Let me pray for you. And this 17-year-old black young boy came out of his seat to the altar. And came up to me and said, Pastor, I need Jesus. And I grabbed him and I put my arms around him. I want you to know something. That boy was resurrected that day because he was dead until he said yes to Jesus. Don't forget the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's not what this message is about. Don't you dare forget what he's done for you or me. That's the foundation that we have. That's why we're here. That's why we're strong. That's why we love him. That's why we're family. Because he said yes to the plan. I'll die for those crazy people in Overton. They need me to die for them. So he took your sins. He took my sins. And we became resurrected souls. Are you still with me? You still believe I'm crazy? That's one of the reasons I will never forget you guys. We were dead in our sins. But we accepted Jesus. And we went from death to life. That is resurrection. Well, new hope. I've said this before, but I'll say it again on my last Sunday. We have the keys to resurrection life for this community. I don't know who you're going to touch tomorrow. I don't know who you associate with. I don't know who you do business with. I don't know where you buy your gas. You've got connections all over town. I said this before. Every one of us has at least 10 people that we touch on a regular basis. Ten. That's your little congregation. And you have resurrection life in you. And they don't. Maybe, just maybe, Jesus might nudge you a little bit and say, why don't you talk to your neighbor about Jesus hanging on the cross, what it really means. Share Jesus, and they will have resurrection life there was a song we used to sing years ago uh, some of the old hymns that somehow we've forgotten Jesus paid it all how many remember that all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as sing it with me Jesus paid it all, sing it All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white. That's the Easter story. I have never preached this message in my life. Now, I've preached many Easters. But this is something God gave me. And I'm giving it to you. You are a resurrected individual. If you've come to Jesus... And said, "Forgive me of my sin," and he forgave you. You went from death to life. That is resurrection. What are you going to do with it? You going to keep it to yourself? You going to say, "Preacher, you know, I got, I'm, I'm busy. I got things to do." Yeah, I, I hear you. Or are you going to share it with that 17-year-old who you don't even know, or that lady who just has gone tragedy? Or that family has gone through a unique tragedy and all of a sudden you grab hold and you become the strength. See, you have resurrection strength in you. Hello? You have resurrection strength and you can give away some of that resurrection, resurrection strength that's in you, Derek. Trust me, man. Please trust me on that. Because God never fails. He washed us white as snow. And we are new in Jesus Christ. Don't forget the Easter story. Don't you dare. Don't you forget what Jesus went through on Good Friday. Don't you forget the torture, the pain, the agony. And don't you forget the greatest agony of taking your sins and my sins on himself. That was his greatest agony. But he did it, Derek, for you and me. He did it and said, I'm not sorry I did it. I'm not sorry I did it. Don't forget what Jesus has done. Father, forgive them, he said. They don't know what they're doing. Let this cup pass from me, but, but, if there's any other way, but not, let your will be done. That's the only Easter story I can give you. Take a look around you. Somebody counted some ninety-six people. Family. Do you want to go out of here and not be family anymore? Is that what you intend? Or are you going to become stronger as family? Are you going to be back next Sunday for the good folks that will be here and I understand they're good people? Are you going to be here and you're going to be singing, clapping and praising? Are you going to come back Sunday after Sunday until God brings you the man that He wants here as your full-time pastor? Be resurrected people and pray. Bang on doors, on God's door and say, you've got to find that man. You've got to find that couple. You've got to bring them here. We need family. Because as family, we can go out to the community, Dad, and we can touch them. And they'll find Jesus Christ as their Savior. You're quiet. You still love me? I'm sorry, I didn't hear anybody. Do you still love me? You better, Chris. Because if you don't, I'll get Chris after you. You have blessed us. And you're here this morning not because of me, but because of family, starting with Jesus. That's why you're here. Don't you dare stay away next Sunday. If you have to be out of town, that I understand. But you know what I'm saying. Don't you? Well, I think think I'll just stay home. Uh, That cute, short, dark, ruggedly handsome Italian is not going to be there. (laughs) I'm going to watch over you like a hawk. Because I want God's blessings on you. So that you'll never forget who God is. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, man, do you know how much He loves you? Enough to die for you? Do you know that? And do you know that all you have to do is, like what I did at 16, I just said, God, forgive me. Jesus, forgive me. I'll live for you. This is not a big emotional drama that you have to put on. This is you, with your own mind and your heart, saying, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me. That's who you are. That's who he is. You're a sinner, pardon me, like me. He's the forgiver. It's going to stay that way. And the minute we say, God, forgive me, we become part of the many resurrections, not only of what's in this Bible. Think of the millions of people around the world who have said yes to Jesus. And our prophetic friends are saying, we are in the the middle right now of coming into a phase of evangelism that the world has not seen. Right now, we're talking about evangelism, not just in this country, to change everything that's going on in this country, but evangelism around the world, where we will have a powerful, Holy Ghost-spiked evangelism. And when that's over for the next two or three years, then maybe Jesus will say, okay, Derek, or it's time. I'm coming. And he'll say, okay, man, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. But before he does that, We want to be offering Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Amen?